welcome to the Restless Hearts Podcast, a podcast dedicated to spiritual reflections and conversations about our journey together as human beings. I'm Father Ray DeLugos, an Augustinian friar serving at Merrimack College as the Vice President for Mission and Ministry. This episode of the Restless Hearts Podcast includes the proclamation of the gospel and my homily for the third Sunday in Ordinary Time, designated by Pope Francis as the Sunday of the Word of God on January 23rd, 2022. You can view that full liturgy of the world word for this Sunday under daily readings at usccb.org. My sisters and brothers, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Since many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the events that have been fulfilled among us, just as those who are eyewitnesses from the beginning and ministers of the word have handed them down to us, I too have decided after investigating everything accurately anew to write it down in an orderly sequence for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may realize the certainty of the teachings you have received. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and the news of him spread throughout the whole region. He taught in their their synagogues and was praised by all. He came to Nazareth where he had grown up and went according to his custom into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. He stood up to read and was handed a scroll of the prophet Isaiah. He unrolled the scroll and found the passage where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free and to proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. Rolling up the scroll, he handed it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue looked intently at him. He said to them, Today this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The first reading that Teresa proclaimed for us is from a book called Nehemiah. It's not one of the more famous books of the Bible. It's in a collection of writings that include books like 1st and 2nd Chronicles. Don't they like sound exciting? And then Nehemiah. They're referred to by ancient scripture, the ancient tradition of the Hebrew scriptures as the leftovers. After we get the great stories of creation and the exodus, and the prophets, and the Psalms. We get Chronicles and Nehemiah. Whoop-de-doo. But Nehemiah has a very important role to play. Nehemiah was a, an administrator. Nehemiah was not a priest or a prophet. He was a government official appointed by the emperor of Persia who had set Israel free from exile. So for 70 years, 70 years earlier, 
the Babylonians had attacked Jerusalem, conquered it, destroyed it, and took all of its people away into exile in Babylon. And now it is time for them to return. And Nehemiah is put in charge of bringing them back home again. Now it's been 70 years. None who left are going back. No one going back has ever been there before. They've only heard stories. And they heard wonderful stories of the promised land, the land that God had given to God's people. But they had to get organized, and that was Nehemiah's job, to manage this, to get the logistics together, to bring people on a long journey back across deserts and over mountains, fording rivers, to get back to their land and then to begin the very hard, long work of reestablishing their nation, rebuilding their home, reconstructing their capital, and most important of all, rebuilding the temple, the great temple that God had directed Solomon to build, the meeting place between heaven and earth, was now a pile of rocks and rubble completely destroyed. And Nehemiah knew that it was going to take more than good planning and good management and good leadership to get God's people to rebuild their home where once again God and us could live together in harmony and love and trust and hopefully and so Nehemiah enlists the efforts of Ezra, who is a priest. And he organized this event, which quite frankly, you know, when you read it closely, sounds absolutely horrible. They gather all the people at the site where the temple is to be rebuilt. And sunrise, they're all there standing, men and women and children. And Ezra, the priest, starts to read to them from the scriptures starts to read them the word of God. And he would stop and pause and explain it to them. And this went on from sunrise to midday, which sounds like it's about six hours. Now, I could preach for six hours. I don't know if I could listen to anybody else, including myself, preach for six hours. But this is what happened. And somehow or another, the people stayed and paid attention. And Ezra was not reading to them from the interesting parts of the Bible. He wasn't retelling the great stories. As best we can ascertain, he was reading the book of Leviticus, which contains a lot of very tedious laws and rules and instructions and details about how to organize life, how to organize worship, what to do in the temple, how to have festivals and feast days, the laws of the Sabbath, how to eat, how to wash, how to do all the things according to God's instruction. So he wasn't reading inspiring texts. But nonetheless, as the people heard Ezra reading that day, they weren't just hearing these words that ordinarily would go in one ear and out the other. 
Instead, what they heard was their God speaking directly to them and speaking to their hearts. And that's what made them stay and listen. And that's what made them cry and weep as they heard what they had been missing and didn't even know they were missing. As they heard about a tenderness and the love that came communicated in little tiny laws and rules that were nonetheless meant to communicate a relationship, a special covenant. They heard their God telling them not what to do and how to pray. They heard their God telling them how loved they were, how cherished and valuable and precious. They heard their God tell them that no matter how often they would dismiss God and God's word, God would not abandon them, but would keep on speaking to their hearts, keep on trying to get their attention, keep on calling them home, no matter how far away from home they would stray. <clears throat> and so they were able to hear that. And they wept, and then they feasted and celebrated. Because although they had an awful lot of work to do, they were home. They were right where they belonged. They had everything they needed because they had God's word speaking to their hearts. They could hear it. They could feel it. They could know it. And with that, they were ready to rebuild their land, rebuild their city, start their farms again, and once again, rebuild the meeting place, God's very home and dwelling among them place where heaven and earth communicated. In a sense, in the gospel, Jesus does the same thing, only without so many words and not so long. He walks into his hometown synagogue, reads the reading from the prophet Isaiah, and somehow or another has communicated not just the words of the prophet, but the word of God, speaking to the hearts of the people, communicating God's great desires for us, that we be free, that we see, that we can leap and dance for joy, that we not be enslaved and captive to anyone or anything, but that we be God's people celebrating God's love. And this is what Jesus came to do, to speak once again to our hearts. Just a couple of years ago, in 2019, Pope Francis declared, as popes get to do, that this Sunday every year, the third Sunday of Ordinary Time, would be celebrated by the church as the Sunday of the Word of God, a Sunday in which we would have our attention called to the reality that in the scriptures and in the proclamation of the scriptures, God speaks to our hearts the everlasting word of love and tenderness 
and forgiveness and compassion and relationship. And it's one of these things that the scriptures can be kind of daunting. They're big. They're confusing. It's easy to get lost. They aren't the greatest tweets. But nonetheless, we know we are hearing the word of God. Not just when the words make sense, but when somehow or another, as the scriptures are proclaimed, or as we read or study them, or just meditate on them, or hear them inadvertently, the word of God is living and active and powerful and strong. When our hearts hear something they need to hear, when our hearts hear that regardless of how distracted we are by so many worries and anxieties, when our hearts hear no matter how busy we are with responsibilities and accountability, when our hearts hear that we are cherished and loved and precious and forgiven and cared for and longed for and that this God of ours wants one thing for us, that all of us find our way home where we can live and feast and celebrate and sing and dance and rejoice with one another and with the one who created us.